0: Last week we heard the envy of the disciples voiced pretty clearly as they compare themselves to one another to see who is the favorite, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the gospel that we hear today is this continual conversation that Jesus is having with his apostles, almost forming them in a sense. He has just revealed to them that he is the son of God, And now that he's done that, he's talked about his own future that he must go and suffer and die. And now he's telling the disciples what they must do, that they must take up their cross, but also what it is to be the first in the kingdom of heaven. And the three points that Jesus makes in today's gospel about that continuing conversation from envy and egoism to becoming a mature disciple. To becoming a mature disciple the first and we see it in both the first reading and in the gospel is this desire of the disciple to stifle anyone else's work that is not his own and this is continuing the conversation of ending that john said to jesus teacher we saw someone driving out demons in your name And we try to prevent him because he does not follow us. That John looks, he sees that he's chosen, he sees the other 11 are chosen. Who does this guy think that he is driving out demons? He's more concerned with the fact that this man doesn't belong, that this man is not one of the deemed favorites, than the fact that there are demons that are coming out of somebody else. That there's real work being done for the kingdom. To get more context of perhaps what is going on in the mind of Christ, we can see what's going on in the mind of Moses in the first reading. The context for Moses in the first reading is that the Lord has, he has just received the complaint of the Israelites against God. Moses has received it. And Moses is overwhelmed with the israelites it is too much for him to handle he is on his last leg and so he asks that his spirit can be sent upon 70 elders and there are 70 elders that the spirit is sent upon but there are two people who are not with moses and the 70 elders who are still the camp with the other israelites and so moses hears back from them Hey, there are these two people, Eldad and Medad, who are also prophesying. You must stop them. And Moses is saying, I am so overwhelmed, and God has threatened to, like, to replace you, basically. God has threatened to say, look, I can, I can get other people to bring and worship me in the promised land. It doesn't have to be y'all. And you are concerned with status. And you are concerned with who has the right to prophesy. And so the, what Jesus is doing is he's getting us out of our desire to say, look, God has chosen me to become holy. Maybe God has chosen me to be ahead of this family, or God has chosen me for this ministry, whatever it might be. And then we feel threatened by someone else's growth and virtue, by someone else's holiness. Who is this person? To start praying and telling me about Jesus. Who is this person? And the direction that Jesus wants to point our gaze toward is, look how terrible the world really is around us. And we're concerned about comparing our growth in virtue, our own holiness to one another. Look at the disaster that's at hand. We are all the same team. You should be grateful that this person who might be a thorn in your side because of their own growth and because they reveal something poor about you is in fact pursuing a life of holiness the second point that i'd like to make is this ongoing maturation that jesus desires to foster in his disciples so when jesus talks about this in the of scandal Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it'd be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. The prerequisite for the sin of scandal and how to commit it is if we have won the admiration of another. And this is often a good thing. And it it can be a good thing. It's a neutral thing, but it can be a good thing if I've won the admiration of another. But if I think that being first is being the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, rather than being last, then I will find myself in competition with God. To say, do I want this person to really worship Jesus? Or do I want them to grow in deeper admiration of me? And once we have made that decision to say, I want this person to grow in deeper admiration of me, than I want them to worship Jesus we are setting ourselves up for the very next sin that we commit to also be coupled with the sin of scandal. Because the moment that we get in the way of Jesus, where we no longer serve as a bridge to the Redeemer, but rather an obstacle to the Redeemer, if they see anything in us that is not Jesus Christ, then we are committing the sin of scandal. And so what Jesus says is that we will have a millstone tied around our neck and dropped into the depths of the sea, so that that person can go right to Jesus and that we no longer be in the way. If our desire is for admiration and seeing ourselves in competition with Jesus, that our call to holiness is meant for our own glory in the world, then we will cause the sin of scandal. We will commit it. And then thirdly and finally, we're starting to see Well, thirdly and finally, Jesus talks about uh, maiming ourselves for the kingdom, right? That we enter, it's better to enter into the kingdom with one hand or one eye than it is to enter into Gehenna with both. So we begin to see more and more that this process of maturation for the disciple, it happens in reverse. That he's calling us to be more and more childlike. Because what Jesus is saying is that not only we tend to look at this and say, like, oh, wait, Jesus is asking a lot. He's asking a lot. It's either between sin and him, and it is. But consider that from the end of not our achieving of heaven, that God wants us to either take out our eye or cut off our hands, so to speak, to enter, but that God's love for us is this. God's desire for us in heaven. I would much rather you enter into heaven maimed, where you can give me nothing, but you maintain your innocence. I would much rather you enter into heaven, not with the great deeds and the abilities that you think that you can offer me, but simply with your own purity of heart and your holiness. That God desires our innocence so much more than he desires our great deeds. This process of maturation is happening in reverse, where more and more what Jesus is trying to foster in his disciples is that the glory that you desire can only be given by me. That if you desire to be my apostle, it is not that I am sending you out to go and be like me and to go be loved and adored and worshipped just like me. I'm sending you out to return to me, to become even more childlike than you have before. To recognize that we are not in competition with one another, that this rivalry, this envy that is, exists amongst the disciples, it's ultimately can become an, a rivalry and an envy that exists in relationship to God, where we can wonder why people desire Jesus more than they desire ourselves. And Jesus does not desire to remove that from us so that he can win, so that he can beat us, but because we ourselves are his beloved, because he desires our salvation. And he will do it, if it even if it means that he takes away our ability to do great deeds and that he can bring us into his kingdom to be with us for eternity.